When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 89 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first, and our local business sponsor, Vici Clo. This should have been a celebration as we're all back together for the first time in 13 months. Unfortunately, Everton have done what they like to do, and that's, that's let us down. But we are together, so we could bring out the famous Peaches and Herb line again. Reunited, and it feels so good, but properly reunited. Uh, we've had a lovely bit of food from neighbourhood in uh, in Moulton there, so we're all, we're all full, we're all tired, so we can't wait to discuss the loss to Aston Villa first, but Pete, it's fair to say that once again, we've shot ourselves in the foot. Shot ourselves in both feet, it was terrible, <laughs> they, they were a- absolutely awful and unfortunately it's, it's almost become like the secondary story of the season for me, because it, it was almost... The, the well, the last so far, the most recent in about five or six performances that have been completely abject. You know, it was just a repeat for me of Newcastle times two, Burnley at home, West Ham at home. You know, and many other games were we should be winning, not by virtue of being Everton. You know, not you know the sort of ego, not because of our history, but because of the you know the team that we've got, the players we've got, you know, the team that we put out. Yeah, it's not our strongest team. Yes, Hammers was injured in the warm-up, but it was good enough to beat that Villa side. They were there for the taking, and we were completely useless. You know, we looked lost on the ball. We didn't play as a team. Too many players were missing. Um, you know, I know we're going to sort of go through it. There's going to be a bit of an inquest of players, I think. But for me, Alex Iwobi, extremely poor, you know, completely absent. thought Richarlison had one of his worst games in an Everton shirt this season or you know potentially ever I thought Allen was very poor Gomez was poor together I think they really struggled to shield our, our defence Mason Holgate was sloppy and slow and started slow uh, and looked unconfident at the back Sigurdsson looked lost and was absent for large portions of the game and it's just not good enough you know the, the professional footballers and I couldn't believe that you know no one on the pitch when sort of we're all watching the game, we're all thinking the same thing. No one sort of grabs them by the scruff of the neck and says, you know, come on, we win this, we go ahead of Spurs, we go ahead of Liverpool, we're still hanging on the coattails of, you know, fourth place. We're looking at Europe here. It, it, it was just such a terrible way to lose such an important game. Um, and I think Evertonians are getting really sick of it. I think I think the thing is with it, you almost expected it, don't you? Every single time we turn up at Goodison, 
when we should be full of confidence after beating Arsenal. I mean, we're in things against Arsenal, let's get it right, but we, we ground out the win, uh, an important three points, and you thought, okay, you've got six games to go now. Let's let's take the ball by the horns, let's get to Goodson against Aston Villa, let's beat them, let's put in a confident performance. And, I mean, once the Hammers news came out about sort of half an hour, uh, 45 minutes before kick-off, there was almost an expectation there that, oh, well, there's our chances gone. Now, whether the players felt that, I don't know, because he's been available, obviously, the last few weeks. Um, so that doesn't excuse things. But they, what, what, what impact do you reckon Hammers not being fit or being injured in the wall had on our, our plans going into the game? Well, he certainly, and the stats show it as well, he's our most creative player by a distance, isn't he? So, as soon as you said to the group, Hammers is pulled up in, in, in the warm-up, I think I responded to you going, of all the players, this is not the player we wanted to get injured. Um, because he, he's, he's in that type of game yesterday, he's the one that basically has the calm head. He's the one that you know gets his foot on the ball in tight situations, creates chances in open play from set pieces, and I just thought of all the players we're missing here, this is the lad that we don't need. I mean, you know, they were without their best player, Grealish, and we were without ours in, in Hammers. And look, we still should have won without him, like Peach just said. You know, we were more than capable enough to beat them without him. Um, and look, Carlo would have had them probably training all week with Hammers, having Hammers in mind that he was going to be playing. Um, so yeah, they probably did affect us. But this is football. It's high-level sports. What happens? Injuries happen. You know, you could have played five minutes and pulled up straight away. So, you know, you can't be making excuses like that. Um, but I was like you, Pete, I, I haven't been, you know, I'd like to think I'm fairly considered most of the time when it comes to Everton, but I haven't been that fuming for a long time, particularly in that first half. I was just watching the, the game unfold thinking, what is going on here? What is, God knows what Carlo was thinking. So I think he, I think, you know, he's got it wrong there initially. We were just talking off air there when he's played the diamond, he's, he's, he's had, he's had in midfield Allen sitting in the six. Um, and obviously Gomez on one side Iwobi on the other and then Sigurdsson at the head of it he's got that wrong and I know he changed at half time and obviously we looked more secure but that first half every time they went forward they looked like we were going to score and if Jordan Pickford hadn't had that worldy first half we genuinely could have gone in, in at half time 4-1, 5-1 down and that wouldn't have been you know <laughs> fair loose ability that wouldn't have flattered them would it do you know what I mean they, they totally deserved it to be, to be in front we were lucky to go in at 1-1 so I'm thinking Carlo's going to have to change this here. He's going to have to change it. For me, he had to bring on Yerry Mina because the two lads there, I know they played they, they played well, you know, reasonably well against Arsenal uh, last week, so he's gone with the same team. You can see why he's playing both of them and the fact they're probably worried about the pace of their forward, obviously, uh, Ollie Watkins. But if you're going to play with pace in centre-back there, for me, you've got to play a high line then. Play the high line, compress it. Because what they did to us, they know for, full well, they know... We can't really play out from the back when you press us. We can't. And the amount of time we were giving it away, trying to play out from the back and giving it, you know, giving the ball. And the first goal's almost led to that. You know, it's, it's gone to Holgate. He almost got caught, didn't he, five minutes before? Yeah. Trying to do the same thing. He does that every time. There's not a pass on. He spins and checks and then goes back to Pickford. And if that, you know, if there's 50,000 or 40,000 in the ground, there's groans. You know, so he, and he's done it again. And Watkins has gone, all right, he's going to do it again. I'll read it. And he read it. And you're thinking, 1-0 down over an absolute disgrace. Mm. And if you look at the Spurs game, you know, two, two errors, two horrific errors involving Holgate, actually, as well, for the goal. And, and another one we've thrown in the back of our own net again. And arguably, you could even say Palace as well, couldn't you? I mean, you know, we, we should have seen that game out and we've let, we've let the lad get in. So, errors leading to goals. 
I mean, Carla must have been absolutely tearing his hair out on the touchline. But I will, you know, I will criticise him. I think he's got it wrong, and for me, he should have changed it. We all said it half time, didn't he? He's got to change it here. He's got to change it. I love Alan. I love him to pieces, and he, I love the fact he's, he's passionate and he's engaged. But he's not a six. He's not a six, and the reason he's not a six, he likes to engage the ball. He's not disciplined. He's not like a drifter gay that used to sit there and hoover everything up. He wants to go and get that ball. As soon as he goes and gets it, they're in. Mm. You know, he's out of position. They're in. Yeah. The amount of times they were in. I mean, Barkley nearly scored a worldie, hit the post, didn't he? When um, obviously we were all committed, all committed bodies forward. So, yeah, for me, that's the most certainly that first half. That's the most fuming I've been in in a really important game. In a, in a long time watching us what do we think the problem is though because we, we seem to be saying every other week so we, we'll go away and we'll pick something up and we come back to Goodison and time and again I mean the last few weeks especially Palace we threw it away Tottenham we definitely threw it away and Brighton well yeah Brighton as well um, but at home to, to Villa a side who have pl- I've got nothing to play for bar mid-table yep. um, we've got Europe on the cards. We can go up to six, like we said before. The players should be totally switched on. What is what is the problem that we've got? Is it a simple case of? I'm going to come onto this shortly. About there's there's no fans there to push them on mm. because I I remember us talking probably twelve months ago and we said about um, having no fans there could really help some of our players. Mm. Tom Davis being one, Sigurdsson another one. Players you get quite a bit of stick, and I know Tom didn't play against Villa, but it's had a sort of reverse effect. It's almost as if they need a bit of toxicity at Goodison mm. and people on the back to, to, to force them to do something because it's all too safe, isn't it? You know, we talk about Holgate there, how many times in the yeah. game does he turn back and go just to the other thing? He's just being safe, isn't it? No one, no one, and we always say this, no one is prepared to take a chance and be brave. And when you're at home, that's what you need to be doing. You need to go on the front foot. You're the home side. You need to... Exert your authority on the game, and with no one there to push them on, it's as if we're struggling to do that. And we all want to just do is, is go through the motions, and that's why, in my opinion, why we're we're not picking up points when we should be should be winning games. Well, how, how deep were we yesterday? Oh, yeah. Like as I said, we're playing with two of our quickest centre backs. I know Holgate's not rapid, Godfrey's rapid, but Holgate's quicker than Keane and Mina, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So we've gone with we've gone with like you know, said a bit of pace at the back there, but we kind of like half pressed. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, obviously, you could see there was a let's press. But how easy was it for them to play out? They made it. They, they were playing out through the back and, and, and literally two passes, and they were out. Mm-hmm. So we weren't even. Like, I'd rather just go full on press and risk losing it. You know, just having players out of position, so if they break the press, they're in. Than just kind of do a half half arsed one. You're either you're either pressing or you're not. Mm-hmm. And in the end, we did nothing. You know, Barkley was dropping into the hole, picking up the ball. They didn't know whether to go and engage with him or drop. You know, so he, he was he was causing bombs at the post. Imagine if that had gone in. You know, you nearly scored there, and it was just a complete mess. It was an absolute mess, and you know, obviously Carlos realised that and went to a flat flat four, didn't he? Second half, and we we had more control. We didn't look nowhere near as open. But what I can't get my head around, I'm sure you boys are the same. If I'm a player in that situation, going like you just said there, mate, win this. We've still got an outside chance of Champions League here. Mm-hmm. Win this, right? Beat West Ham in the game. That's a six pointer. Beat West Ham because then you're going into West Ham with loads of confidence. Then you've got Villa in, in obviously another game, you know, coming up after that. You've got you've still got an outside sniff of Champions League. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, why are the players not absolutely running their backsides off there? Well, that's, I mean. that's the damning thing, isn't it? That's the, we're not sat here questioning the balance of the squad or the quality of the players. We're sat here questioning, questioning professionalism. Yeah, aren't we? Attitude, yeah. And that's disgusting because yeah. that, that's always the bare minimum, isn't it, for, for an Everton player? You put on that shirt, you do the basics well, you fight and you work hard, and none of them did that. And I think that's probably why people are so outraged and upset. Well, I mean, Car- Carlo's, Carlo's words post-match uh, are quite damning there. You know, we always say about how our reserve Carlo is really, and he's not, not really emotional uh, in terms of his, when he's analysing games in front of the TV cameras anyway. He's very honest. He is very honest, very but honest. He, he doesn't go overboard. Yeah, does he? He doesn't, it's emotionless, isn't it? Really? He is, yeah, but yeah. you can see last night the frustration that we've all been feeling mm. over the course of probably uh, our, our home form this season. Has crept into Carlo and, and what he said on, on the, the telly after the game the way we made a lot of mistakes at the beginning no balance no concentration it was not a good evening I don't know why they showed more desire it was an important game that we tried to win to stay in the fight we are still in the fight but it's more and more difficult it's difficult to say why in terms of why we still got home it's a same team who beat Arsenal seven days ago um, we, could, we could of course do better at home for sure it's unbelievable the run we've had away and the run we've had at home, we are not good. We didn't have a good balance with the ball and difficulties. So you can see Carlo there. That that's a fair sign, and really, I think publicly showing um, that he's not particularly pleased with what he's seeing. He questioned the players basically. He questioned their attitude, didn't he? That's what he's done for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and and rightly so. You know, the, the players are, are for me at home, as I said earlier, are just going through the motions, being too safe. And if, like you said, Lee, if, if you're in that team and you, you've got the chance of qualifying for Europe, you do whatever you can. So, you know, you'd show it on the pitch, you know, you'd, you'd show the emotion, you'd be trying to win every single tackle. And too many times, I think there was a time Richardson, second half, loses the ball in midfield, stands there, shrugs his shoulders, Villa are breaking away with the ball, and he just, he's just standing there. I think there was one where Bernard, came, when he came on, Villa were breaking. And he was literally jogging. They were they were sprinting away with the ball, and he was jogging. You know, it's things like that. And if we're in the ground, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. I I can tell you that right now. Well, they'd get a kick in if they did. Well, the crowd, the crowd would be all over. And for me, you mentioned Richardson there. We all love Richardson. He's been a great signing for us on the whole this season. Carlo came out didn't he recently and said he's a great player, but he should be doing much better. Mm -hmm. You have to question. For me, Richardson is one of those players. I'm sure you guys will agree. He needs a crowd. Mm-hmm. He needs an audience to play to. That's the, he's, a, he's an emotional player. Yeah. You know, if the, if they're singing his name, if they're basically screaming, you know, if, if you, how many times have we seen Richardson chasing lost calls and closing down defenders, goalkeepers? Sometimes not getting the ball, but the crowd are loving it because he's obviously showing that passion. Yeah. He feeds off that. He's one of our players in that team that has definitely struggled without a crowd. You can see his body language. You know, he has the odd sulk because he hates losing. You could see him yesterday. You said, "Mate, he lost the ball in midfield, didn't he?" And he just flailed his arms like that. Just like, yeah, almost like he was just as frustrated as any fan. And I said to you boys then off the mic, he one of his weakest points for Charleston is his decision making. Sometimes in the final third, is wanting. And there was a bit where we got the ball in a great position, we won it back. Sigurdsson's made a great run. Richardson, all he has to do is reverse it, and he's in. And he's and he's almost used Sigurdsson as a decoy and ended up losing the ball. And you just thinking, go, you're tearing your hair out there. That's a one-one. It was sixty odd minutes gone. 
great chance of slide Sigurdsson in there one on one and you know Sigurdsson had a poor game but you know if you want someone in a one on one really Sigurdsson would be one of the guys you want you know he's he's, he's, a, he's a you know composed finisher and and that that summed it up for me yesterday and ten minutes after that Dom got it in the same position could have reversed it to Carl uh, to um to Richardson and went for a, a twenty five yard completely sliced it out almost for a corner didn't he yeah. uh, for a throw in sorry yeah, there was no teamwork yeah was there? yeah it's almost like team when have you seen Dom score from twenty five yards mm. what are you doing you know Richie's made a great run there try and revert try and find him and he's gonna he's trying to smash it from twenty five yards that's not your game mate. Yeah, that's not your game. Even if you have to play it out wide and get in the box for a cross, I'd rather you do that. Not only is it not his game, it's not the right thing to do, is of course, it? It's not it's the wrong right decision. decision. It's the wrong and you're right, decision. if the crowd are there, they get pulled up on it. But yeah. no, you know, the, no prof- the professional footballers, you know, chasing the European place and they, they shouldn't need a crowd there because everybody else in the league is in the same position. Massively, mate. And I, I just look, for me you mentioned the home record. I don't like it getting banded about a lot. Yes, it's a disgrace, but for me, you know, our away record is Champions League level. Our home record, home record is at the relegation level, and we're obviously somewhere in the middle, which is where we are. But for me, every game's almost a neutral venue now. A venue now, and it really, really is. If you're gonna, there's no real crowds, there's no real advantage. So most games, I think, are neutral venues. You know, and and so your home and away record this season. I know there's loads of things being banned. This is our worst ever home. It's, you know, there's going to have to be an asterisk next to that because there's no there's no fans, mm-hmm. so it is almost like a behind closed doors match constantly, isn't it? And um, and that's the thing for me. The home away record is almost irrelevant. Um, I know we've gone to these grounds this year and won, and I, and I know it pains me to say it, but would we have won there with fans? Uh, in some cases, maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know but, but then our home record would arguably be better. Yeah, and it would probably balance off. Exactly yeah. right. So yeah. it'd probably be, yeah. be be where we are. But you know, it's it's so frustrating because every single time we're getting the opportunity to kick on, and and I said this last week, we're moving up the table psychologically. The players can look and go, "Yeah, we're six now. We've moved up two places. We're we're in the European places now." And every single time, we've we've thrown it away, and it's it's so disappointing. We should be sitting here. You know, delighted. Calvert Lewin's banging his twentieth goal of the season. What a what a what a tally for him. You know, the kids. Great header. It was great header. Yeah, you know, when you th- we you know we were being so poor up to that point. We got back in the game. He's got his twentieth goal. He must be. You know, that's a great target in front of the England manager as well. Um, and then we just revert back to type again, and it goes. The game goes exactly the same way as it was going. But but he had that that chance didn't he, Calvert Lewin? Where great ball from from Luca Dean, wasn't it? Which Brave was, that, wasn't he? Yeah, he just threw his head in, didn't he? And either side of Martin, isn't it? It's in. It's actually know. a good save, that. It is. I, I think it didn't though, just hit him either. He got his hand out. It did, but it, it's yeah, pretty, he's, pretty sensual. Yeah. Another yard or two, you know, either side. It's it's in the back of the net. But you're looking at, at clear-cut chances. And besides that, really, there was nothing. I know we had, we had more of the ball second half. We were probably the better side for, for say, the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half. Created opportunities. But we've discussed already Calvert Lewin put one wide, uh, Wobi sliced one horribly wide. You know, there was blocks. Richie shots. got in a couple of times on his left foot. Yeah, and right, it, yeah, it wide, put yeah. one wide, one right at Martinez. There was nothing clear cut besides a Calvert Lewin goal and a Calvert Lewin the other chance in the first half. There was nothing clear cut created. And you look at Villa, we saw about Pifford in the first half, thought he was exceptional. Some of the saves he made were. I mean, the, the one uh, was it from Watkins off his thigh. Great save. That's a great save, by the way. Great save. The one where Tayori tried to loop it back into the top corner. That's a great save. Mm-hmm. He kept us in the game in the first half, and that should have been a spare at our time to go. Listen, this lad's kept you in this game here. One all. Go out there, 
and show that you want to win the game. You've yeah. got a chance now. Yeah. And we didn't. It's and it's just a case of they're not brave enough and too many are going through the motions for me without being pushed on by, by a crowd. And it's showing now, as I say, Carlo's now showing his frustration and when when he does, you know, there's there's an issue there. Well he knows now Europe's very much in jeopardy now. Massively, like Champions yeah. League, uh, sorry, Champions League's gone. Europa Conference, so Europa Conference. He, he knows now. Minimum this season, we should be getting um, uh, Europa. Yeah. Minimum, and it looks like we may even fall short of that now. You know, I mean, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham have got Sheffield United at home this week. You'd imagine they're going to win that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Sheffield United are obviously down now. Um, they could pull ahead of us. Liverpool have obviously got a tough game against United. That makes it even more frustrating because obviously, you know, United could well win that game on the form Liverpool are in, really. Yeah. And you know that we're ahead of them with a game in hand. You know what I mean? So he's just so so frustrated, and he must be frustrated there because he would have had that game. No Grealish, their best player. That's Villa's second win in the last nine games. Mm. That's their second win. They've lost to Sheffield United. Mm. Spurs beat them. We should have, we should have battered Spurs the other day. You know what I mean? So it's it's so frustrating. You know, Grealish and that Grealish will be in the in the reverse fixture. You know, when we play them again yeah. and they'll be a completely different animal with him in the team because he's been as we said in the, in, in, you know, in the um, review of this game last week he, he, is, he is their talisman by a distance mm. you know, his, his goals and assists speak for themselves and I, I, it worries me now when we play them at their place because um, it's been announced now is it, is it yeah, uh, May, it's like May the 13th or something like that isn't it? Some, around there I think yeah, they, they announced, uh, we're playing Thursday Sunday on Thursday something like that aren't we yeah, I get us the. Yeah, but I just think in general, I just think it was an opportunity, a huge opportunity to sort of lift ourselves. You know, we beat Arsenal last week. We didn't move anywhere on the table, um, but still, you know, you, you managed to grind, grind out the win. And then he's gone with the same team this week, and and it, yeah, it's just not the right team. We've defended Andre Gomez, you know, on this podcast, all three of us, several times. But for me. That's the first proper time I've watched him there where he, he, he's, had, he's had a shocker there. He's had a shock, certainly in the first first half. You know, he's in the team because his passing and his technique is, is as good as anyone's on his day. And he was giving the ball away left, right and centre. And I was screaming at the TV going, like, what are we doing here? Can we just put more than three passes together here to try and literally build up? Um, but yeah, and Dom, I, I feel for Dom. He's got his 20th goal there of the season. We all know Calvert Lewin needs service, don't we? He needs service to score goals. He's never really going to dribble past two and bang it in the top corner. He needs crosses. He needs balls whipped in. His movement's good. He's, he's obviously a poacher now. And what, what did we give him other than that header from Luca Dean from the cross and obviously the corner? I can't remember. Did it? You know, and obviously he had a blaze shot at him. So he, did, he, did, he had nothing after that, did he? What did we create for him after that? We no, created nothing. absolutely nothing. No, nothing. Nothing at all. And that's and that, that was, that's a frustrating thing, and you know he's he's coming away from this season, scored twenty goals, hopefully gets a few more before the season ends, and you know we we've been saying haven't we about finding a striker to replace the goals of Romelu Lukaku, whether people like it or not, he's probably been our best striker in the in the, the Premier League years, yeah, in in my opinion anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we we brought we've got a lad in who's developed really well, he's really kicked on this season. Scored his twenty goals, but around him, really, we're not getting. I know Sigurdsson has had a decent season, you know, goal wise. Hammers doesn't done too bad. Pens for Sigurdsson, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Pens. Yeah, Richardson's not been anywhere near where he normally is. 
So it's all the all the expectations are on the shoulders of Calvert Lewin, and he should be coming away thinking, "I've had a great season there, and as a club, we've had a great season because it should go hand in hand." And it's not, and that's that's so disappointing. And if we don't get European football, I think we will look back on this season as a real disappointment. Regardless, of, I know it's difficult, but every other side in the same in the same boat. And I think without European football, I think you know it's going to be deemed as, as a as a below average season. In my opinion, so let's let's hope that we can, we can kick on with five games to go. Um, the Villa game is the thirteenth of May, actually. Uh, just just is it, yeah. A little yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So you'd expect Greece to probably be back, back in. You know, it's a couple of weeks, isn't it? Um, hopefully, Hammers is is car strain. It looks like isn't too serious, um, but you could be nursing him through the end of the season again. So it might not be going a full full throttle, but no, we, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But don't want to. Does it dwell, dwell too much on um, on this now? What I want to pull up if I can. Lee, you ambushed Seamus Coleman the other day when we were in a much better mood before the game. Ambushed. <laughs> but it wasn't ambushed, to be fair. Um, but, you know, lovely fella, you you, you vouched for that. Um, but it was it was intriguing to listen to him, wasn't it? What, what the things he was telling me and people about what he was talking about in terms of, you know, we're talking about the impact of Hammers. Ben Godfrey, how Carlo is, and what one thing which we've mentioned uh, about the impact of fans, because Car- uh, Carlo, Seamus was saying about how much of a struggle it is without fans in the ground. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. It, it wasn't quite the ambush, but yeah, it, it, probably, <laughs> it probably was a little bit. But um, he was dropping his kid off at the tennis club or whatever, and he's just, just a great lad, so it, it, just, it, just, it just came out um, that he had... Um, uh, I think Carlo said he can have any contract he wants or something, didn't he? Wasn't that his comment or words to that effect? He can have the contract or whatever he wants. Yeah. So I basically collared him as, as he was walking ahead of me. I was like, I said, um, you can have any contract you want apparently, can't you, mate? And he just turned around and he was just laughing. And he goes, so I've read. Um, but no, he's he, he genuinely, first of all, great fella, because obviously I was like a fan chatting to him and basically you know, holding him up for a good probably like eight, nine, seven minutes, something like that. But... Um, I asked him about, about Ancelotti and I just said, you know, he's been a breath of fresh air, what's it like to work with him? And he just basically shook his head and just said, like, take football out of it. Literally, just he's just a great guy. He said, literally, everybody, players, staff, everybody at the training ground, you know, canteen people, and he said he's just got time for everyone. And he's exactly how he comes across on TV, just a lovely, lovely fella. Mm-hmm. So you want to play for him. Um, he did say, you know, very, you know, they've, they've hardly seen him lose his temper. That may have changed <laughs> after the weekend, because he just kind of said, if you have a bad game or even a bad half, you kind of feel like you've let him down, which is kind of the epitome of leadership. That isn't it? If you can have that sort of relationship with your, with your players, um, and yeah, he mentioned the fans actually. Yeah, he said um, he said that the, the whole season now it's really kind of got progressively harder, and he actually said that you know. We need Goodison full, and the words he actually used, he said sometimes he actually said sometimes we need a kick up the arse. Mm-hmm. He actually said that. Yeah. So he knows himself that some players need the fans there to motivate them. I think Seamus is a great self motivator. I don't think you'd ever question one of the things you'll never question is his is, is his professionalism, his attitude. He always gives a hundred percent. Hate to say it because he did say, look, I'll listen to the podcast if you don't slag me off. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate to say it, he was probably at fault. Or he was one of the players at fault for the, for the winning goal because El Ghazi is a decent finisher. We all said he was a threat, didn't we, before before it kicked off. And 
he's let him come on his right foot there. Mm. He's got to get tighter there and block that. Um, and he's bent it in the top bin, hasn't he? But other than that, I thought he didn't have too bad a game, Seamus. But he did say that was one of the biggest things he said. So we need the fans there because our home record has really been not what it normally is. And he said, as the season gone on, like I said, he said it's just got harder and harder. Um, I think he was just simply referring to that some players need that sort of motivation from the fans and we've just referred to it there haven't we um, so yeah he, he's just gen- generally a great guy I asked him about um, what's it like playing with Hamas in training is he as good as he looks on TV because obviously we want to see him in the flesh and all that and again he just blew his cheeks out and was just like yeah he said he's different level mm-hmm. he said he's he, you know he, his first few days in training people were just shaking their heads for some of the stuff he was doing and he said his words where he said uh, he's comfortably the slowest player in training. <laughs> he said, I think he even said like Carlo's probably quicker than him. And then, uh, but he said you just can't get the ball off him. Yeah, you cannot get the ball off him. His touch, his awareness is just a different level. Um, and I just said, yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him next year. Obviously, as fans, hopefully we will. Hopefully he'll sign potentially even his own new contract for a year's extension as well. So. Um, I asked him about Godfrey. It's a, it was like a bloody interview. This he probably wanted to get off. <laughs> I asked him about Godfrey, and then I said, "What's Ben Godfrey been like?" We did a poll recently on on our podcast, and um, he won Player of the Season. Um, personally, I think it should be Decore or, or, or Calvert Lewin, but obviously, Godfrey seemed to get the, the most votes. And he, again, he said he said he's, he's been great. He said his, his attitude is bob on for a young lad. You don't normally see that attitude, and he said he's very confident. He's quite vocal already in the changing room, said that, and said, like, as an athlete, he's, he's phenomenal. He said he's rapid. He does a lot of training outside of the outside of footy, like a lot of cardio stuff. So he's, 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 he said he can run for days. And he That's loves, interesting, you know, though, isn't it, the fact that he's, yeah. he, he's doing stuff? Because I think people have the, the idea that footballers go and train, and yeah. obviously they, they do the, the um, obviously weights, cardio, they do the technical stuff on the pitch. Yeah. And you think when, they, when they've been to Finn's Farm for the day, or say three or four hours they go over and, and that's them so yeah. that, that's quite intriguing that yeah. he goes away and puts time and effort into doing other training to improve, well, to improve his game basically his fitness isn't it we've seen the videos of him haven't we doing his mm. boxing and he yeah. obviously has a private trainer didn't he I think Godfrey um, so he uploads a lot of stuff on Instagram he's a good he? boxer to be fair he's got, a, he's got a decent dig I wouldn't fancy myself in a couple of rounds against yeah, Big Dunk would be good though wouldn't it <laughs> that would be a scrap that would be a scrap yeah, I think a UFC match would be suit Doug, would suit Doug more, wouldn't it? Well, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> flying legs and everything, that, and flying knees. But um, no, I think um, no, it's quite, you know what? First of all, just a really humble guy. He just came across like a really normal fella. Um, obviously, I was chatting to him a little bit, sort of like, you know, fanboyish, but um, just had a general decent chat with him. And it was quite intriguing with some of the things he was saying. Um, and obviously, like I said, what you said about the fans thing quite stood out quite a bit, and you've just mentioned it there in the first part. And I think, yeah, if the player, if he's saying that as the captain, mm. he knows full well that that that's been an issue, um, you know. And and, and it, it's clearly shown, isn't it? It's mm. clearly shown. Peach just reeled off some of the games there, you know. Palace, Burnley, Spurs, you Newcastle, know, Newcastle, Newcastle, Leeds, yeah. West Ham. You know, it, it's it's we've only had to have won what three of those games mm. and we'd be right in there yeah. for the Champions League slots which is incredible really when you think about it because we, we've we've had some amazing results this season haven't we mm. we've won at Anfield we've done the double over Arsenal we've done a double over Leicester no we drew drew with Leicester at home and yeah, beat them away beat Spurs away yeah beat Chelsea at home yeah you know so you know we've, we've 
we've had some really good results against you know the so-called super six, whatever they are. But um, and we've just we've just thrown it away. I, I, did I see a stat the other day that between Liverpool and Everton since the new year? They've both played at home 19 times. No, so between, between us, it's 19 games. And they've won two, we've won two four, games. There's been four, four four wins, I think, so for both sides combined. That's shocking, isn't it? Well, we've, only won, we've only won three home since October. I, I know it's hard. I said it before, so I almost contradict myself there. But I, I, do, I don't think there is a home and away... Oh, well, it's more of a, of a neutral venue feel. To yeah, yeah, there yeah. is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously fans give you that lift, don't they? And obviously teams normally play on the front foot in front of their own fans and... We've arguably looked better, haven't we, against the better sides because we we can see possession and we, and we we you know we make ourselves hard to beat and things like that. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting window this summer, isn't it? It really is because we're probably gonna have to sign for me four players, maybe there's, there's five, three, there's maybe talk five. There's talk of three or four, isn't it? I think a lot depends on on who's getting shipped out. I mean, there's. There's a couple of players, like said, like Balassi, obviously being loaned it to Borough. His contract finishes. I think Bessie's contract is finishes. There's a couple of other younger players or players on the periphery whose contracts are up. But in terms of, say, first team squad, there's not many more that you'd say, oh yeah, they're going to go for decent money. Most keen will go for mm. good money. Uh, but the likes of, I mean, Delph obviously he appeared again against Villa. Well, you won all against Villa in a must-win game. You need a goal. A draw is useless for both teams. And we're bringing on Fabian Delph. Mm. Fabian Delph. Like, you know what I mean? To try and change someone in a match. But I thought he was better in this game. Against Arsenal, he was dreadful. But he did nothing, did he? He just needed tidy. No, I think, I think the call was Tom Davis, wasn't it? We, the, massively, mate. Yeah. I mean, if you, I'm not joking there. If you watch that goal again, so Luca Dean gives the ball away, this is their winning goal. He then tries to make up for his error and overcommits. That, that leaves Traore in, in behind him. Traore's played straight in behind him, so Dean's made an error there. Traore cuts in on his left foot. Delph's running behind him. Delph could have easily done a, what I would call a Fernandinho yellow card job there and just dragged him back or even just clipped him, chip, tripped him, yeah. and then it stops the move and they've got a free kick, fairly central, but about 50, 40, 50 yards out. So it's not really a, a dangerous position, if you like. Just give away a yellow there. Just give it away. You know, stop it. Just stop it. It's good. We're obviously overcommitted. We're in trouble. You know, Delph, an experienced player, see the danger, see the danger, right? Bring him down, take a book in, mm-hmm. take the free kick, everyone reset. And if you watch it, he lets him run across his body and like, almost like gets out of the way like that. Mm-hmm. Almost like, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's cut across me there. Mm-hmm. Just foul him. Have the game awareness to foul him. Because then the ball, he, he lays it off to obviously El Ghazi, he, he takes a touch goal. Mm-hmm. Stop the goal. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what teams like City are really savvy, aren't they? And stuff like that. They give away those little stupid fouls to stop a transition. And we got done there. And Delph, I mean, I can't believe he's coming on ahead of Davis anyway for me. Davis should, for me, should have started. He should I, have started. I was surprised when I saw that it was the same start eleven as what yeah. we saw against. Davis should have played six, shouldn't he? Yeah, I thought Davis would have come in. I thought yeah. if there's going to be one change, I think Tom Davis comes in to just give him a bit more energy into the yeah. midfield, and he's, he's a bit busier. Um, but that, that was a that was a surprise. But you know, it was it's good going back to to see it was Colin. It was good to hear. What he had to say in terms of, and you, you say he was quite open, wasn't he? he was quite happy to talk. Yeah. Um. Obviously about certain players and Carlo, and but I think that the key thing that, that I've, I've taken from what he what he's saying is how important, like we didn't already know, how important it is for the fans to be there, especially with us, especially at home. And we know we've got the walls game around the corner when government legislation changes. We're going to have, have ten thousand fans in. 
by all accounts they found founded away fans as well there's a possibility for away fans to come which is which is another positive step isn't it into into the uh, into next season but having 10,000 fans there is going to be a massive lift you know we heard it from the horse's mouth in, in Seamus Coleman um, so you know the, the sooner we, we get back to getting more and more fans into Goodison the better you know and we, we know we've heard it how important it is for the fans to be there but Seamus if you are listening it was Lee who slagged you off for the uh, for the Villa goal it wasn't Mike or Pete so you're more than welcome to come on the show and we'll, we'll leave Lee alone so, so don't worry about well, that what do you think Peter I have interest because obviously you're a season ticket holder hopefully you're going to go to the Wolves game fingers crossed on it you had tickets for the was it one that was called off West Ham was it for the City game City was so do you think some players need to kick up the arse from the fans do you think, do you think it's really affected us I think so but I'm, I'm sorry that that's the case I, I don't think that should be the case if you're a professional footballer the place for Everton so in one, you know, in one way I think it, it's a slight sort of indictment and maybe it's a statement that the type of players that we, we've got in the team at the moment because say you take the Villa game as an example it's almost like we needed one player in the side to sort of spark everybody else mm-hmm. you know you know, sometimes there's been games where you know looks being against us or we're not being playing well and then the next you know, hard challenge will come in or someone will you know, win a header or, or chase something down and it just seems to lift everybody, crowd or no crowd. It's like Phil Elligan's man knew that time. Exactly. Like, That's yeah. 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 But there was none of that yesterday. It was almost yeah. like you were waiting for the moment. You know, Come on, who's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck? So, mm. yeah, let, you know, if it is the case, let's hope that things do lift when, uh, when fans start coming back to games. But I just don't think, I don't think it's an excuse. Depth is the key for me. I think we've signed some good players in the summer. The Corey being one of the best signings. Godfrey, obviously, as we just discussed, he's had a good season. He had an indifferent game yesterday, but overall he's had a good season. Hammers, obviously, we've talked about. But we still need that bit of depth, don't we? We still need that bit of depth. We've seen it for months, haven't we? We know where we are in terms of the squad size, but not just not just the squad size, the quality of the uh, the players within that squad. It's not a huge squad now, it's not as bloated as it was. But it just isn't that quality from players say thirteen downwards. Mm. If you like the first eleven or twelve, great. But then, there's, but then we struggle. You know, we're bringing on yesterday. Bernard came on. It was ineffective. Did all right. Did all right. It was ineffective. Game. No, but he's kind of did all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Josh King he did had, more than a Wobie, I thought. Well, yeah. Well, Josh King had one shot, which he put wide. Looked okay, but again, because he had what ten minutes or so. Mm. Um, you know, Delph came on. Why are we bringing Delph on there though? I mean, it, like, it's the sort of sub you make when you're winning two one. You want to go and see the game out. I've said this before, and, I, I, and maybe I'll get slaughtered for it again. But we, we had we had the young French kid on the bench again, and he's he's the only player I can think of in in our in our squad at the minute from memory. Cause we haven't seen him for bloody ages, mm-hmm. particularly when he played in the cups. That just ran at players, yeah. just ran at players. Just give me the ball, and his first thought is, "I'm going to skin you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run at you." And like Matty Cash had probably easiest game of his life there. You know what I mean? Playing on that side because Richarlison was coming in central a lot. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that should obviously Carlo was way better than any of us. So he obviously doesn't see enough to to warrant him to. He obviously sees enough to put him in the squad, but not enough to bring put him on the pitch. But yeah. sometimes you need like you know to bring on a, a you know a wild card sub like that and let him let him have a run at people. You know, just play him ahead of Luca Dean and say, look, your first as soon as you get this ball lad, just run it, run it, run it, Matty Cash. Run it in. Yeah, when we played in those cup games, albeit against lesser opposition, he looked a million dollars, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he got did. a few assists, he was you know, he looked a threat, he was skillful. I think he struggled against um 
Newcastle wasn't it was the whole it? team was dying well, that did, day. you can't did. blame him for that, that no, whole I'm, team no I'm not blaming him for that at all but I think the time we've seen him in the Premier League that no, that, on that occasion, yeah, yeah, yeah. he struggled. So harsh, though, he's not playing. It is, but as as a youngster, they're the ones you, you probably try to protect more. And and you know, if you see them struggling, you don't want to overexpose them to it. Whereas I'm the other way. Whereas I'd rather expose them to that kind of quality. See how they handle it. Well, yeah, yeah in, in more than one game, but mm. he'll get his chance. I think as as the you know as the years go on. Um, but there's a lot of work. We said it before. A lot of work to be done in the summer. Um, look forward to, to seeing what, what can be done but let, let's hope that we can by hook or by hook grab some kind of, of European place but we'll take a short break and we will be, be back shortly to discuss the, the trip to West Ham United The fourth official has indicated there will be a minimum of four minutes additional time Well, Bain is to stop it Sandane's going to go for goal and how Leighton Baines with an absolute screamer and the dance of delights from Duncan Ferguson again as he hugs the ball boys what a strike from Leighton Baines welcome back to this episode of the Unholy Sanity podcast where we're going to finish off with a look ahead to, to our next game away at West Ham United and West Ham have had a season that we wouldn't mind having ourselves to be fair you know they've been knocking on the door of fourth for, for quite a while they're currently sitting fit as we as we talk today and it's fair to say David Moyes has worked absolute wonders hasn't he since uh, what happened last season he has he has and I mean they never should have got rid of Moyes in the first place I think the way that West Ham treated him before they brought in Pellegrini was um, was disgraceful really but he it, it seems to be a really good fit for them as a football club and you know I suppose going back to what he did at Everton you know in some ways there were some similarities with West Ham now to maybe what we were when, you know when he came to us you know sort of family orientated club you know big ambitions they, you know they've got quite a a good balanced squad now you know in terms of uh, makeup of players and positions and I think that sort of Moyes type players you know fit organised hard working um and he's yeah, he's got the best out of them. Um, I still think we're better than West Ham, uh, you know, and we should be beating them. But I mean, based off the way we're playing at, at the moment, I, I don't have a lot of confidence um, that we're going to sort of go there and avenge either the defeat or the performance we we put in against them. Um, I suppose the glimmer of hope is <laughs> it's away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not looking forward to it now. Well, that's what sits in my head is the fact that it's away from home and I genuinely look forward to away games. It doesn't matter where we go. I always think we've got a great chance. Our form this season has shown it, whether we want to say it's home or away or it's neutral, whatever it might be. But we certainly do perform better when we're in less familiar surroundings. So it doesn't, it's not daunting going there for me. And I think we'll probably put in a better performance than we did against, against Aston Villa. Um, but but West Ham, you know certainly you know th- this season they've shown what you can do in a season where there is there is no fans and you know you haven't got the the um, advantage or home advantage should we say and they, they look look really organised they don't they and, and they're all playing you know we know David Moyes the way he, he likes to play um, but we we've, we've seen they've got a few a few sort of defensive issues if we can see them quite a few goals haven't they in recent weeks as well. Almost very unmoyed, like in that, that what, respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Context though is that West Ham are three points ahead of us. We played the same number of games. The game at Goodison Park, let's be honest, it wasn't one for the neutral, was it? It was nil-nil written all over it, and they got the fortune there where the ball broke for Suchek, if you remember it. Mm-hmm. Spawny goal, really, and they and they nicked the game, and it was around the 80th minute won it again, similar to obviously yesterday. So um, that's the difference, you know. They win that game one-nil. The three points clear of us, you know. Let's say we'd have had a bit of luck there, nicked it one-nil. We'd be sitting where they are now. So it was a six-point game in that respect, wasn't it? And obviously it'll be a six-point game coming up now this week. Um, Moyes has made them, yeah, like you said, very difficult to beat. Um, they've looked reasonably solid at the back up until recently, but they've more than made up that at the other end of the pitch, where obviously the, the, the signing of, of the season, really, in January, is, was, was Jesse Lingard. Um, I've never been his biggest fan uh, both as an individual and as a player, I've always thought he's reasonably gifted, quick, but you know, obviously, never thought he was. Uh, well, never thought he'd have the impact, shall we say, that he's had at West Ham. I think he's. Am I right in saying he scored nine goals in the last ten games or something like that? He's not far off that, which is ridiculous return, really. Um, and that's helped them because they have obviously been a bit more open at the back, but they've scored goals at the other end. You know, the, Antonio's massive for the way they play, so they've suffered a little bit since he got injured. Because obviously Jesse was playing off him, so it was a classic little and large combo that was working really well. Um, so for me, we could do without Antonio being fit for that game. Um, Bowen and Lingard are quite similar in respect, so I think you know it would be. You'd like to think it'd be a, a bit of an easier time. They struggled last week, actually. West Ham. Um, I think what, what was the score last week? They played. Was it was it nil nil? Who did he play last week? Who did they play last week? Did they get beat by Chelsea? Was it Chelsea? Chelsea, that's it, yeah. It was quite a comfortable victory, I think. I'll have a check, Mike. But I think, yeah, basically, uh, they were nowhere near as prolific, obviously, because before that, they'd scored three goals in every game the past four games, I think. Yeah, Chelsea won. Yeah, yeah, so it was, I watched the game, and, it, and, and yeah, they didn't look a threat at all. I know Chelsea are very solid in the two so maybe it's not the best analogy, but they didn't look nowhere near as potent as they had done in other games. Mm. Um, so you've got to probably pray that Antonio isn't fit. I thought... You know, I know Pete wasn't his biggest fan. I wasn't. I thought, De- thought Declan Rice has really come on this year. I think he has. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's improved a lot. Mass- I'd say he's massively improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's very good at what he does. He, he obviously, he's, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's got a bit of that sort of box to box about him, hasn't he? He gets up and down the pitch. It's a bit like a Henderson type, really, but probably I'd say a little bit better. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of like, being a footballer, um, and um, he's really lifted him up. But again, he's injured, so he's out. They've had obviously uh, the cart horse replacing him uh, in in midfield. Um, his name escapes you now. What's it? Nolan? Not Nolan. What's his name? The lad who takes the pen, the proper West Ham fan. Noble. 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 That's it. Yeah. Sorry. Alzheimer's here. Um, but no. Um, I thought it's yeah. Collie Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Noble. Noble's not Declan Rice, is he? Doesn't get around no. the pitch. He's just he's a bit of a crab, and he so he, he he's obviously a, a loss for them as well. So him, Antonio missing. Masuaku, who's a good player, he's, he's injured recently as well. He's a decent player off the left side. I think Craswell's injured as well. Um, he's been he obviously one of the best fullbacks in the league this season, certainly in terms of assists. Um, so yes, yeah, so they've got some key players out, so it might be a good time to play them if, if those players are still out. But if we have got any chance now, any chance, this is last chance saloon territory now of getting you know European football, they've got to win that game. And you'd like to think the way Carlo has reacted 
that he's given them a bit of a, a dressing down in the changing rooms. There's got to be a reaction. There's got to be a reaction, hasn't there? Um, I look at the way we played against Leeds when we went there. Uh, I think that was on the back of a bad result, if I remember rightly as well. I can't remember the um, previous game, but I remember. But the way we played, the way we started against Leeds, it was obviously under a mile an hour, wasn't it? We sort of ma- more than matched them really for their for the way they play. Like Wolves as well. Wolves similar. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I just think we've got to go there with that intent. That same intent, by the way. I thought we would have played with yesterday, but we didn't. Nowhere near, in fact. So we've got to start the game. You hear Carlo say it a lot in his post-match. You know, we've got to start the way you start a game in football. Invariably, is how the game obviously tends to pan out. And um, you know, you've got to start on the front foot. You've got to be aggressive, win your tackles, win your battles, win the second balls, and then you know, you're halfway there. Then if you start doing that, you know, because then your individuality can shine from there. So hopefully, we start off on the front foot and give them a proper game. Because you know they they've got some key players out, and let's just pray that Hamez is is fit as well. I think, Mike, you'll know better than me, but I think the core is there's a chance he might be back as well, isn't there? He's back back training on the, on the, on grass, wasn't he? This week, there's some pictures put out by by the club, and the hopeful the hopeful is probably the right word. He could be fit for West Ham, the core, which would be a massive boost. Yeah, you know, assuming he's fully recovered. By the way, we don't want any, him to break down at any point. But if the core is potentially fit for that game that's really important so we can have, have him back for five games yeah. that's key huge um, I'd still play Tom Six though. i think play Tom, Tom Six and have Alan Decore I think Tom Davis comes straight back in I think Gomez will drop out um, if if Hamez is fit then you'll probably see Sigurdsson drop out and keep, obviously keep Calvert-Lewin with your Allison, Hamez and then it'll be Decore Alan Tom Davis for me uh, that's what I'd be doing because you, you need that energy you need the legs in midfield um, but it's a really tough game in West Ham you know I don't think we've there was the, the time under, under Marco Silva where we went there and won 2-0 it was Bernard and Zuma wasn't it scored the goals that day complete performance then wasn't it just a great performance yeah but we I mean every other time that we've been there we've been shocking um, at West Ham just haven't done well at all and it's was that Lukaku's first goal for his when he scored and he nearly got knocked out that was Upton Park though wasn't it that was a proper oh, football ground not, yeah. not, the, not the toilet bowl that we've got at the moment <laughs> you know with, with, the, with the, uh, the seats that go back into, into the stand the reclining seats and what's that about seats, seats on wheels um, Pete loves West Ham <laughs> well, you, you've been quite quiet Pete normally you're slating them because <laughs> well, normally I'm so confident we're going to win but the, the, one of those sides of the Premier League we've got an unbelievable record against yeah. aren't we with, you know, we, we, we're used to beating them um, but yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just not confident. I'm still reeling from the performance. I think we we've got to bounce back, like you lads are saying. There has to be a response, doesn't it? Um, so that that's the only glimmer of hope I've got. I think in us getting anything from the game. He's got to play Mina, doesn't he? I, I I'd say he's got to play Mina and Godfrey. As much as I like the young lads, and although Holgate is is, is you know. He does split opinion and rightly so sometimes. He's capable of great things and incapable of shocking things like yesterday, but they need a leader next to him still, the young lads. They need a young... A, a, I like Godfrey and Keane. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think he dropped Keane because he was at fault for arguably the last three goals. We conceded at home, hadn't he? So, well, he had, he was he had, at fault he had, for Palace. He had a niggle, Palace didn't he? Palace and then two against Spurs. He was injured. He, he wasn't in the squad for the, was it the Arsenal game. He yeah, in the squad yeah but I just see. Whether it's a sort of arm around the shoulder take him out of the side and out of the firing line, we don't know. Um, but either Keener or me, Keener, Keener, Mina yeah. or Keener, <laughs> or Keener. Yeah, just get the two of them together. It'll be quite good. I, do, I, I think Mina's our best centre back, though, don't you? No, 
he's our best centre back. He's our best centre back. Michael Keane is our best centre back. Yeah, in the low block, Keane is. But I think in, when you we're going to you know have playing against pace, I don't. I think he struggles. I think I think Mean is probably this season has shown more consistency yeah. than we've seen from him. I think yeah. last season he had a great start to last season, didn't he? And then he sort of tailed off and then re-emerged again. I think I've been more comfortable this season with Mina at the back. Keane had, had a, a great probably first maybe two thirds of the season. Yeah. And when, standing when, in the derby team. He was, yeah, yeah exceptional. Yeah. But yeah. once when, when we changed things around at times to a three, he's not comfortable being either left or right on a, of a three. Um, he prefers to be in a two, as you say, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a low block, he prefers that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's much of a much of a for me either or to be honest, you know. But I think Ben Godfrey's got to start for his pace alone. And uh, Holgate, I think he's he'll drop out, and, and one of those two will, Keener or me, will uh, <laughs> will uh, will come in. But we'll we'll wait and see. Let Let's just hope that you know we've after next week's game we're still within a got a chance of Europe. But we need to go there. We need to win. If we lose that game, like you said, they, I think that's your definitely gone, definitely off the agenda. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot to lose in that game, but Pete, you're really confident. What's your prediction for the game? I'm going to go for a very forced, very optimistic one-nil win. But look, whatever happens in the game, I just hope we play better than than we mm. did uh, yesterday. I think that's the bare minimum. Performance is bare minimum, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for the one-nil. Lee. It's always hard doing these predictions, isn't it? Because you, you like when it's you this season thing. It's yeah. harder to see. But when you do predictions for your own team, it's hard to say that you. Oh yeah, we're going to lose. And you can do. do. But I don't think we will actually. Um, I think if they've still got those players out, I just mentioned who are key for the way they play, particularly Antonio. Um, then it'll be a very similar game to the Goodison game, and it's just a case of who gets that chance and takes it. Mm-hmm. And you know, hopefully, like I said, Hammers is fit. Hopefully we have a bit more security in midfield and Davis plays. If we do, I'm hoping we can do what what they did to us and take three points off him because we need a shot in the arm. We need a shot in the arm. We need a lift. Mm. It's been it's been pretty pretty poor, isn't it, for the last few weeks now? Um, I know we had quite a lot of attempts against Spurs and Palace, and there was glimmers there actually, um, but it reverted to type yesterday. Um, so. I'm going to say 1-0 Everton 1-0 Everton just hope we nick that goal and, mm. and, and just have one final push I'm going to go Cal Lewing because I think he would do great for his confidence getting his 20th goal yesterday yeah. um, and I think you know I think he'll give them problems at the back I think he will I think he looked like I know we had a couple of chances yesterday but I think he looked lively I think his hold of play was quite good bringing players yeah, in his touch is very good which, yeah, which is what he's all about so we've got sometimes we need to relieve the pressure that out ball is there to someone who can hold the ball up. Um, I think it'll be one all. I think I think we'll we'll draw the game. Uh, we won't quite end our European pursuit for this season, but I think I don't think I can't see us winning the game. Prove me wrong by all means. You know, if the core is back in, that's a massive positive. If Hammers is fit, it's a massive positive, and, and we're a different side with those two in it. But re- really tough game. Um, they're playing Burnley, aren't they? Monday. West Ham so we'll see how they get on there but one all and I think Richardson will bag as not bag for about seven games now he hasn't scored for needs to score needs to score that's for sure but that's us that's us for this week great to be back together um, recording in front of in front of one microphone um, next week we won't be Lee you're going to Cornwall aren't you Lee yeah uh, I am actually uh, I might not be but I'm, I'm, 
Sunday, because it's a long drive, isn't it? So I'm back on Sunday, so maybe, yeah. If, but it depends what time we're recording. So, we, so. we'll see. We might, we might, might have Lee on the show, we might not. We'll, we'll, <laughs> should be back, depends we'll on the see. drive, yeah, should be back. Um, when are so we playing? We're playing on Sunday. Sunday. Half four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, if, if you can fit us in. Yes. <laughs> I'll do it from the car. Yeah, why not? Yeah, from the M6. <laughs> yeah. Why not? But we'll be back next week, regardless. Um, to look back on the West Ham game and look forward to a home game or a neutral venue game uh, against Sheffield United. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.